consider this, consider this Hella hype, you don't wanna miss It's radio, but it's with a twist Bring the heat and forever lit Interviews and plenty more Misunderstood is the host Hot topics and good Got some join the conversation Now it's time to roll, yeah Consider this, consider this I already know you're gonna like it It got everybody excited You know everybody's invited Nah, you can't deny It's the best you're gonna find Play it when in your home Now they in the zone Get the stress up off your mind Yeah, yeah You know what it is Top up on my list Gotta stay up in the notes So I jam, consider this Yeah, yeah Wanna be a star Listen to the best Time to get considered this Don't settle for nothing less Ay, Tune in when I'm cruising At work or I'm in the gym Weekday to the weekend Tell your grandmama, tell your friend Take it to the next level Yeah, cause I think you should Tune in to consider this Hosted by Misunderstood Saving energy is simple. It even saves you money. Replace incandescent light bulbs with compact fluorescent bulbs. Set your thermostat to 78 degrees or higher in the summer. Weather seal your home. When replacing old appliances, select Energy Star qualified appliances that are up to 40% more efficient and unplug electronic devices when not in use. Visit LADWP.com for more energy saving tips and information. Save energy, save money. Have you been considered? Check out the brand new radio show called Consider This Radio, aired live every Sunday at noon on WEBR Radio, Fairfax. Visit considerthis.org and find upcoming event coverage, great articles featuring today's hot topics. You can even learn about your community. That's considerthis.org. Get to know Nikia, community organizer, radio producer, education advocate, volunteer, and much, much more. Consider This Radio Show is a powerful show that focuses on today's events. Have you been considered where all things are considered? Yo, yo, this is DJ Bob. You rocking with Consider This.
Hey, happy, happy Sunday, good people. Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers and creators out there. I hope you guys are enjoying your day. It's very interesting because the highway had a lot more rain than once you got off the highway. Like, it was raining cats and dogs on 495 and 66 and then when i got on eskridge road it's like barely any rain so you guys make sure you drive very safely out there i know all of the brunches are turned so we're going to start the show off with one of my mother's favorite songs it's soul to soul back to life don't go anywhere we have henderson long in the building if you are following me on social media you see both of his social media handles on social media it's upward underscore oh wait upward bound underscore promotions tell me the last part okay yes right so don't you guys go anywhere make sure you follow him i already tagged him on all the social medias if you are following on facebook if you haven't left out to go eat yet you're already going to see that he's actually on the facebook live right now we'll be right back right after this back to reality
Yo, this is Izzo, and you're now tuned in with Consider This. Have you been considered? Consider This is a small organization that offers services for education advocacy, community organizing, and media. For more information, visit our website at considerthis.org for more information. 150 over 90. 180 over 111. 160 over 110. I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure looks like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a stroke are far from invisible or silent. If you've come off your treatment plan, get back on it or talk with your doctor to create an exercise, diet, and medication plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. If I would have followed a treatment plan, I would not be in this situation. Home fire drills give your family a plan of action. In a home fire, you may have less than two minutes to get out. So when you drill, show everyone two ways out of the house, pick a safe meeting spot, and get there in under two minutes. Then practice home fire drills at least twice a year. You can even make them fun. So everyone knows the sound and exactly what to do when they hear a smoke alarm. Go to ready.gov slash fire drill and learn how to prepare your family for home fires. This is He's Known, and I'm from the Black T-Shirt Campaign, and you're tuned in to consider this. Psst, did you tell a friend that Consider This Radio is on? If not, tell them now. Saving energy is simple. It even saves you money. Replace incandescent light bulbs with compact fluorescent bulbs. Set your thermostat to 78 degrees or higher in the summer. Weather seal your home. When replacing old appliances, select Energy Star qualified appliances that are up to 40% more efficient and unplug electronic devices when not in use. Visit LADWP.com for more energy saving tips and information. Save energy, save money. I don't remember how it started. Our back and forth. It always came back. Dad! You probably don't remember what you told me. That was perfect. But I heard every word. Want to learn more about our guests? A minute with misunderstood is next on Consider This Radio. Sunday, good people. We are back. I am your girl, Misunderstood. You are tuned in to Consider This Radio only on WEBR Radio Fairfax. To all of the mothers and creators out there, I hope you guys are enjoying your day today. Despite this weather, just don't wear anything white so it doesn't get dirty. <laughs> but happy Mother's Day to all. And whether you physically have children or not, anytime that you touch someone's life, you are definitely um, considered a mom. So please enjoy your day today. And I hope that you are doing so. Today's show is definitely 
almost a part two of what last week's show was about in regards to the missing person. The missing person, the African-American missing person or missing color of person missing of color as well as more importantly the missing that is actually in washington dc um ward seven and ward eight actually have the highest um the highest amount of cases in regards to missing people and today i do have a very 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 special guest that is not only um i don't want to say authorized to talk about it but not only educated to talk about it but he is actually in the fight for the missing. Some of you may wonder, okay, why are you doing these um, these shows back to back? Um, for those of you that don't know, my daughter actually ran away before. So it's a little different in regards to um, the other cases that you have now. However, it could have ended up being the exact same thing, you know, um, by hanging out with the wrong crowds getting snatched up whatever causes um someone to not come back home could have been my child so i think that it is very important to talk about these cases to highlight the cases and let people know in regards to how many people that are missing um and some of them have been missing that henderson will be talking about today as long as 1999 um and their families have no closure on what happened to their loved ones. So it's just very important that you do discuss these particular topics, keep them on the radar. Someone knows the answer and we have to get people to speak because if it was your loved one, you would want others to be able to chime in and let you know where your loved one is. Like, where's my family member? Where's my child? Where's my sister? Where's my auntie? We all will want to know if we are in that situation so it's very important to highlight others so when it is your turn you don't have the hesitation that others are receiving now in regards to their loved one so as i said before we do have henderson long um in the building on this rainy rainy day to speak about um family members that are lost um missing some cases that may have been solved already in regards to it and some of the cases that he is working on now in regards to the missing for those of you that do not know henderson's long um company dc's missing voice is a community service organization that has been established in regards to finding the missing which I, like i said earlier is a very important topic that we kind of stray away from i think on last week's show we talked about how you know snitching and all of these things keep people from coming forth but it wouldn't be snitching if it was about your child so henderson how did you get started into this business well first i want to say um you know happy mother's day to all the mothers out there and to all the families who are searching still desperately searching for their missing loved ones that we love you that we're here for you um, and as you pointed out, we can be contacted at any time to assist in any way we can to help bring your missing loved one home. This is Mother's Day, but this is also a day while we enjoy in our loved ones, there's people out there who's still searching. Mm -hmm. And I want to start the show out with putting things into its proper perspective. I mean, because this stuff is real, it's serious, mm -hmm. and this is serious work. And it's just... It's disheartening. Like I shared before, my, my daughter ran away. She could have easily been still a part of the missing. Like, you don't know what happens when these kids leave for whatever reason they leave the house. Many of them don't come back home. 
And so, like, I could have been in that same situation as many of the other loved ones that you spoke about. So I just always think it's important when you have the opportunity to shed the light on situations just as this. I see one of your flyers here. This woman has been missing since 1999. Well, this woman is my aunt, Aileen Logan. Mm. Um, um, and she went missing in 1999 under suspicious circumstances. Mm. Um, we tried to reach Aileen on several multiple occasions when she couldn't be reached. That's when family members and first responders went to the 4400 block of South Capitol Street to try to make contact with Aileen and her son, mm -hmm. which is my cousin, was there still in his baby carrier, the car seat, mm -hmm. whatever you call it. You know, the baby carrier, you mm -hmm. carry a child. And, well, he was strapped down in that car seat. Um, he had been there for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Uh, his pampers were wet, and since that day, Aileen Logan hadn't been seen. Just putting things into his proper um, perspective, mm -hmm. um, Aileen was missing, and her remains were uh, recovered in 2000. Mm -hmm. Went missing in 1999, the remains were found in 2000. However, she remained a Jane Doe until 2018. So her remains Whoa. were sitting in the coroner's office or in the medical examiner's office in Baltimore. For 18 years, she was a Jane Doe. And this is a case that maybe when I come back at some point in time, we'll talk about it a little more because there's a lot of lessons to be learned in this case in terms of families taking ownership of their case and, you know, just being vigilant about your case and knowing what resources. I'm going to touch briefly on resources, mm -hmm. what resources, because this stuff is, in, is way past a flyer and a person social media likes these are human beings yes. their lives you know these are people of all different colors mm -hmm. these are colored people these are hispanic people some of them have been exploited some mm -hmm. of them have been trafficked discarded some of them are murdered we mm -hmm. got homicides that are a link to our missing persons the reason why they're missing is because they're homicide and she was a homicide mm. So, um, so is Aileen the reason how you got started? What made you get started? My niece was missing. Like you just pointed out mm -hmm. your daughter went missing. So I was out there on foot mm -hmm. trying to track and locate her and going to different neighborhoods, talking, making deals with the devil. And I'm <laughs> out there, you know, I'm anything you got to do, you out there yeah. to find your loved one. I was real worried about her. Um, and I just was out there looking, trying to assist. Um, the Metropolitan Police Department, because, you know, they're not staffed no. to really do it like we want them to do it, mm -hmm. the way that they should, even if they they want to do above and beyond for every case. But when you have maybe 15 or 16 um, missing persons in that unit, you don't have the resources to look for every child. You mm -hmm. may have 20 missing at any given time. Mm -hmm. um, and I agree with you. I think that that's like how you said that the family now needs to come and the together community. and the, especially the community um i think the community is disconnected from many things until it's their loved one well one of the first things i want to start off with are the five steps to be prepared mm -hmm. and the first thing we want to educate people on is there's no waiting period in washington dc in terms of you know some people think you got to wait 48 hours where well, you can contact mpd at 202 uh, 576 Six seven six eight immediately if your loved one go missing, and that's the first step is to get that report in. Um, aside from uh, calling and having making sure you put a report in, make sure you have a full physical description, meaning the actual weight that they weighed, you know, um, 
you know, um, hair complexion, eye color. You want to have all that ready for the detective if you, when you call in or the missing persons unit. You also um, want to have an up-to-date photo because a lot of people don't have up-to-date photos of the children. You'd be surprised how many people don't have up-to-date photos. So we usually get a photo that's not reflective of the way they look right now. We may have a photo. They may be 12, but the photo may be of them when they were 7. And you know, it's a drastic change between 7 and 12. So getting that accurate photo out there is critical to locating them when you're trying to put images out to the public. Um, also, you want to have dental records on hand. You want to make sure you have dental records. You know, you be in contact with your physician. Know who you're what medications they may be on. If they're on medication, have all these things ready. Have your physician's number available. Mm -hmm. And is that dental record, would that be the same as, like, when they go get their physicals for school? Um, well, you can go talk to your odontologist, okay. your dentist, and they, they can take x-rays, and they'll give you a copy. You okay. have them. All these things you want to have in the parental um, the parents custodial custodial parents custody okay. you want to have all these things here you want to make sure um, um, that all that medical records are there within the National Center of Missing Exploited Children they have all of these things right here this is why I bought it with me mm -hmm. and this is actually a child ID kit which has the photo yeah. the full physical description medical information, any medications they may have. Mm -hmm. We even have fingerprints here. People mm -hmm. can reach out to me directly, and I'll come out and fill out this kit. I'll fingerprint them. And the custodial parent keep this, not MPD. MPD don't keep these. Mm -hmm. um, that was a big kicker with parents. They thought that we was going to be warehousing minor children's fingerprints, <laughs> which is a no-no. Nobody want their kids' fingerprints out there. You want to have them so... When your loved one goes missing, you chaotic. Mm -hmm. You know, you like Mama Bear. You out there, you you chaotic. You couldn't remember how tall they was if somebody asked you. Yep. You know, you couldn't give a. But if you can hand this to a detective, this is very easy to do, and it's got everything, that the basic need. stuff that he need to get these flyers out. Because getting the flyers out is so important. Um, the more eyes we have on the street. Um, the greater our chances are at recovering the child. We've recovered so many kids. You know, people will see them, they'll inbox us mm -hmm. and tell us. But just being prepared, um, knowing who your kids are talking to on social media, where they're hanging out, who they're hanging out with is good intelligence for us. When we go out here to try to put eyes in a given area, mm -hmm. we have those eyes in an intelligent area. We're not just looking for a needle in a haystack. You can send me to the 3400 block of... Uh, Minnesota Avenue, and I might go and linger in that area or something like that, hopefully. And you usually run into the missing person. Mm -hmm. You know their habits. You know, kids don't have too many places they can go. No. Um, so just knowing kind of who they hang out with, I want to advise parents, if you know an adult, if you know a child is missing and that they're a runaway, do not harbor them in your home. Mm -hmm. You know, don't have them in your house. Don't let them spend the night. You know, call their parents and let them know that they are there and mm -hmm. have them to come pick them up. Because that's our biggest problem. We got kids hanging out over their buddy's house mm -hmm. or their boyfriend's house for three or four days. And the mom or the family member, whoever's in charge, it's not necessarily the mom or the parent, but it could be their crew. Mm -hmm. Somebody older person in the crew may have a place for them to go and just hang out for a couple of days. You got truancy issues that come into play. Oh, They're yeah. not going to school. And they falling behind on their schoolwork. Mm -hmm. 
falling behind as far as the education. Because that prompted my daughter not going to school. She she was actually felt like she was being bullied. So um, she ended up not going to school. I was working overnight at D.C. General. And so she would be on the bus before I would get home. And this particular time when I came home, I got the phone call as if she didn't go there. And I'm like, well, that don't make sense because the bus comes at the house. So I don't know why she wouldn't be there. And when we finally kind of, because it went on for almost a year. Like this wasn't a one-time thing. This was an ongoing thing. And um, I'm surprised I'm not in jail because <laughs> I was definitely popping up at any and everybody house. I was very familiar with the friends, especially because they always, you know, only have one child. So oftentimes everybody comes to my house because my daughter doesn't like being by herself. Um, and because she's the only child on both sides, she always likes company. So I'm very familiar with the girls and I will pop up at their house and be like, where's my daughter? I know you know where she is, X, Y, Z. Um... And like I said, it went on for a period of time. But the start of it was because she didn't want to go to school because she felt like she was being bullied. So instead of just letting me know that, which could have possibly nipped it in the bud, we wasted almost a year of you not really wanting to go to school. So then you wouldn't go when the bus was there and all of these other things that end up happening. Now, I know you said that your niece went missing, which is one of the reasons why you started DC Voice. Did you find your niece? My niece was found. Okay. She went ran away quite a few times, and I wanted to talk about and express to young people the dangers that await them out here when they go and they mm -hmm. run away. You got people that prey on our young women and mm -hmm. our young men in the District of Columbia. They'll do almost anything to them, things that I don't even want to say over the airwaves, mm -hmm. but this is real. They can lose their life on the humble mm -hmm. out there, just maybe hanging out with their friends. Mm -hmm. You know, you see kids get caught up. I think Robin McKinney, I think her son was shot in the shoulder mm -hmm. right here on Alabama Avenue. He probably was just out at the mall walking home or whatever, and he didn't have anything to do with what was going on, but he got shot. Mm -hmm. And this can happen when you're out there. Maybe you ran away from home. Maybe you think that that's the only answer. Mm -hmm. Well, we want to say to young people in the District of Columbia that it's not. They have other avenues. They can call you. Mm -hmm. You'll talk to them. They can always call us. Mm -hmm. Call um, any older person. You can always call somebody and talk to somebody. We got the National Runaway um, uh, Safe Line, mm -hmm. which is a national line that they can call in. They can always talk, and they don't have to worry about their parents knowing what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. But I want to say this, and I'm going to tell you this. Our missing person's condition is reflective of the social conditions. Mm -hmm. And this is a big monster when you get into housing, lack of opportunity, mm -hmm. um, domestic violence, generational things where your parents, they may, I'm just speaking in general, these are some of the things that could happen. Not mm -hmm. that everybody has been incarcerated, but sometimes their parents had a, a hard way of life. Mm -hmm. They never had opportunity because their parents never had opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so you see a ripple effect. Maybe you have a home with the, the youngster don't like the new husband. Mm -hmm. Maybe the new husband may want to touch her every few times. And mm -hmm. maybe the mama, the mother may not want to admit that. Sometimes it's hard to admit these. But these are this is the web. Um, domestic violence is our biggest root cause of runaway conditions. Yeah. And it's, it's very interesting because me and another guest was talking about that um, before. Because I think she had an issue with her was her son too in regards to him like spreading out and then when me and my daughter finally got to the bottom of it 
she knew I was going to want her to go to school because she knows how important school, I feel like school is in order for you to finish and things of that nature. So that's why she didn't want to tell me what was going on in school because she knew I was going to make her go anyway. But just like I expressed to her, it never matters what's going on with you. If at any time you feel in danger, whether that's from a teacher, because we see now a lot of these teachers are molesting children too, and not just the men teachers. You have a lot of women teachers molesting the boys. So I let her know then, um, even whether it's a teacher or a student or whomever, you should never feel like you cannot come to me if you feel threatened. Running away from feeling threatened is not what you need to do. Um, of course, I'm going to always be your sounding board if you have any issues. One of her teachers at the school that she was at ended up getting arrested because he was sleeping with the little girls at the school. So it's like you, as a parent, in this day and time with social media, you don't have to be their friend because I don't want to be my daughter's friend, but it needs to be a larger line where they feel like they can come and talk to you. And even in like my own instances growing up, all of the parents that were strict, the kids was wow. They were out there doing whatever they wanted to do because they didn't feel like they could talk to their parents for whatever reason. But in this day and time, you have to be able to find somebody to talk to. And if it's not the parent, there should be an auntie. There should be a mentor. There should be someone where is if you don't feel like you can talk to your parent, where they can convey and have that conversation to the parent in regards to what's going on with your child. Because as you mentioned, last year, I think we had a heightened, um, a heightened case of the missing girls. And a lot of them was from foster care. I think it was last year. Well, well, the awareness was heightened. The okay. numbers didn't It's the spike, same. Okay. But it was heightened. And I want to point out now that any parent who wants to disclose or needs guidance in terms of sexual exploitation, they can go to www.d2l.org, mm-hmm. and you can place a report in. You can report um, if it's your loved one, whoever it is, if it's a boyfriend or whatever's going on and they have professionals who will call you and give you some resources where Mm. you can connect up to also and can the children use that too children can use it as well anybody can go online and type in uh d the letter d the number two l dot org www.d2l.org it'll come up it's a little section where you can disclose also you can go to the National Center of Missing and Exploited Kids. They have a cyber tip line, which is cybertipline.org, and you can place reports in. You can report abuse. You know, These are just resources that the community need to know that's there where you can get professional help because this is serious stuff. Oh, yeah. And when you got to disclose, baby, you got to come and tell anybody, especially for a boy or a male, to disclose sexual exploitation. That's hard to do. Mm-hmm. So what they do, they even run oh to something or they're running away from something when they run away from home. So Yeah, because I know Charlemagne um, from Breakfast Club ended up mentioning that he didn't know that he was actually being abused until he was older. Because to him, it was like he just sleeping with an older woman. He didn't feel like he was being molested. Um, I think it was maybe 10 years ago, like when it really sunk in and that's what was happening to him. So do you think that, um, do you find that normal in cases with, young boys is that they don't feel like it's something being wrong with them more or less it's almost like a stripe on the back it's a stripe on the back and um unfortunately 
you know, as men, when we grow up, we, we don't want to disclose anything about anything happening to a sexual because it's just harder for a male to disclose. Well, I can't really say that. I think it's hard for all victims to disclose. I think that's just one of the hardest things to do. First, to recognize it because many people are unaware of what it is. What mm-hmm. what's the what is the definition of it? Mm-hmm. So many of yeah, I think the answer to your question is most of them are uneducated. Most of the public is uneducated on uh, exploitation. I do um, exploitation training through D2L. I went out and got um, certified as, a, as an instructor, and we talked to law enforcement about ways to prevent themselves from even getting caught up in that web. Like mm-hmm. certain things you don't do if you want to counsel somebody. You wouldn't counsel that person one-on-one. You might try to try to do it in public or have another person present when you counsel minors. These are some of the preventive things that you can do, but we have to have more education and have more resources for the community to prevent a lot of the things that I'm you're seeing now, you know. Yeah. It's just... Um it just feels like a heightened time. So how you mentioned that the numbers didn't spike, it was just the awareness that spiked, per se. So it just seems like everything is inflated these days. It seems like everything is on a 1,000 due to social media. And, right. you know, you have all of these social media journalists these days. And, you know, every time you turn around, something just, it seems like something is always happening. Well, what triggered it was at one time the watch commanders at um, the Metropolitan Police Department had discretion on which cases they would publicize, what cases got a press release, which cases didn't. Now, MPD is tweeting out every missing person on its official Twitter site, and there's also a official website, which is missing.dc.gov, and that's MPD's actual site, and every missing person gets, regardless of their age, um, you know, color, religious background, they get in the press release to the mainstream media. Mm. So you'll see it on Channel 9. They have a missing section now where mm-hmm. all the missing are there. Channel 4 is doing it, Channel 5. Um, Chanel Dickerson um, changed that policy up when she took over Youth and Family Services and the Missing Persons Unit. Oh, yeah. She made it's that. It's been about two years, it's right? It's been about two years. Okay. So that's why you saw more missing persons um, photos out there. People were wondering what was going on. They thought that there were a lot of kids were all of a sudden going missing, but this had been going on for years, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't being publicized and promoted the way that it is. And we asking the community, we asking everybody to help us with this, to share those flyers. If a flyer come past your social media um, thread, to share it. Mm-hmm. And just imagine if it was your child or a senior that go missing, our most vulnerable, vulnerable citizens. Um, you want people to help them. You do. You know. And um, I always say that in in any crime because the streets know what's going on, um, and you can put whoever it is in the street that you want. But everybody knows, especially in the African American community, our crimes are not necessarily targeted. We are part of the crime per se. You know how sometimes, um, like when the kids go 
shooting up a mall or they shooting up a school. That's a targeted crime. It seems like urban urban crimes are not necessarily targeted because everyone knows who does what. You just choose not to say anything. And I think once the community can actually step up, those numbers will go down because we'll be holding people accountable for what's going on. And as I always say, if you and I decide that we're going to go commit a crime after the radio, and when I get caught, I snitch on Henderson. I, oh, Henderson said this. Henderson, that's snitching. If I just roll home with you after the show and you decided to go to Aldi's and rob them and all I was doing was getting a ride back to Good Hope Road, and if I tell on you, that's not snitching. I had no, I had, I didn't agree to this crime. You the one who did it without letting me know that you were going to do it. I can in turn tell what I know because, again, if I'm not a part of it, you may not even know everything that you think that you know. But there are some parts of it that you know. And it's important that you do so because if I, if you don't agree to something, that's not snitching. Like snitching is if you and I agree to it and then now, now that I'm scared, I'm telling. But if I just happen to be with you when you do something stupid, I'm not in trouble for you. The community can't hold me accountable for me telling what you did stupid when I had no agreeance with what you were doing. I just think that's the dumbest thing. Like snitching is actually snitching. Being a part of the community and holding people accountable are two different things. And I think that's what the disconnect is because everybody thinks that you're snitching. And it's not snitching if you had nothing to do with it. And you just happen to be there. Now I'm going to jail for the rest of my life or being held for a crime for something that I didn't know what I was doing. Well, we also encourage people to use the 5041 tip line. But also, if people don't want to use that tip line, you can always, you could write a darn anonymous letter and send that into the detectives. You don't always have to get involved in all these cases. A lot of people don't want to come forward. And we understand why. We understand that it's Well, violent. yeah, I we would understand. want you to put yourself. I'm not saying go out there and put yourself in harm's way because the idiot will retaliate, right? But what I'm saying is, as you said, there are numerous ways that you can get the information out there without you being on the forefront. You don't have to do a social media post. You don't have to put nothing on Facebook. You don't have to tell anybody that you told. But the point is... We have to be held accountable for our own. Whether it's inflated or not, things are out of control. And a lot of it we can't control with being a part of the community opposed to against the community. We only represent 11% of America right now. We were 13. Now we're at 11. So what's going to happen when we're at 7%? No, What, you're really not going to have anything to say? Because that's where we had it. Like, I think we only went down in the last five years from 13 to 11 that's ridiculous. Well, I'm glad you put some of the onus on the community. The community really need to come forward on these crimes and these violent crimes, especially the homicides. Oh, my God. And give us a give him, give him be a call if you know what happened. I mean, you don't necessarily have to give them a call, but send them, send that detective something so that they know which way to go, who did what. Because a lot of times when you don't disclose information, depending on how complicit you were in the crime or what you knew, you can actually be charged and as well. And they do it all the time. That's why so, you better not do nothing in Virginia because I think um, my daughter actually knew one of the girls, I think they stole from Tyson's Corner last year. According to the girl she told my daughter she didn't know, but she was in a car with them. Her face was still on the news as if she was stealing. So, like, that's what I mean. Like, it's small things like that where 
we could just make this place a lot better. I think majority of the community, nobody wants to have to be worried about straight bullets. Most people just want to have a good life, whatever that means to them, because everybody's definition isn't the same. So we don't want to have to worry about if you leave your window open and somebody going to crawl in your window. Like, People don't want to worry about that. Majority of the people. Then you do have people that are hurt. And these days, hurt people are killing people. They don't hurt people anymore. Hurt people kill people these days. So you do have a population that just don't give a damn because of their own. And that's nothing that you can control. But the ones that you can control, as you said, making sure that the kids have people to talk to. Even if it's not you, it's a phone number. But just being able to have that outlet to get your stuff out. Those people do want a way out. And we all know that. Because at any given time, we could be somebody else. It's just that the way that it works. And I just thank your organization, other organizations like DC's Missing Voice, um, that that's here for the community. And again, how you let them know about the website and that they can go to the website if they feel like somebody in the household is being mistreated, whether it's a senior or a child. I think those are great outlets for the community. And, and being able to to work with them and also um, helping to, because I talked to Mitch Credo and Mitch Credo gave me a lot of insight on rebuilding the rapport mm. between law enforcement because it's bad you know people see that horrible stuff some of the we got some police officers doing some things that they shouldn't be doing mm -hmm. and it makes it look bad for all of them but we need each other everybody got to work together law enforcement community and government agencies when we when we come back i want to talk more about that because um i have an idea of the reasoning between that but i would love to get your take on you know the disconnect between the police and the community when we come back and we also have some other dc news that we're going to talk about um when we come back right after this are you familiar with the mila davis case no, she's not, not dc but i'm not really up to speed on that case at all i just know the basic surface stuff okay well that's it. all we're going to touch on because that's all i know to you yeah, <laughs> Yeah. what's in the report but we'll talk about that and so much more again if you're on facebook you can follow dc's missing voice right now they also have a petition up we want to talk about um more into the petition and i see that's on your website now and you can go there and can they put tips here too or is it only on the other website they can always inbox us you okay. can always inbox me a tip you can always text a tip you can always mail it you can send us an email however you want to send a tip and it's totally confidential we're not going to go and put your name out there okay we want people to know that um because that's a big deterrent for people giving tips mm -hmm. they think that they're going to that the detectives are going to put them out there you know and it's not always true not always true mm -hmm. not always true not always true so guys when we come back we're going to talk about a couple of um dc news that we got going on as well as we got to talk about the petition and i want to get henderson's thought in regards to the police on how to bridge that gap between the police and the community when we come back right after this the number is 703-560-8255 again that number is 703-560-8255 your minutes are free whether it's an obama phone smartphone smart link it don't matter sparrow it's all free call us right now i know you Want to get more information about what's going on? We'll be right back right after this.
Sonice with So Essential Head Raps. Check me out on IG at So Essential Head Raps. And also, you're going to get a plug-in at Consider This. So check it out. Our story will unfold the greatest contributions of African-American men and women that took place on this day. And it's up next. Hello, this is Teresa Black Diamond Jackson, CEO of Girls Rule the World. Check us out on Consider This. Thoughts of suicide may feel impossible to overcome, but with help and support, you can find hope and meaning. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK to speak to a counselor, or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. It's free, it's confidential, it's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And even if it feels like it, you are not alone.
right, guys, we are back. Happy, happy Sunday. I am your girl, Misunderstood. You are tuned in to Consider This Radio only on WEBR Radio Fairfax. Hopefully the rain has subdued by now. I can't. We have no windows in here. So <laughs> I don't know what is doing out there right now. But hopefully it's slowed down so you can make your way out after church or whatever you're doing today in regards to celebrating a mother, whether it's your birth mother, a mother of the community, or just a creator that has always been a staple in your life. Right now we're getting ready to change chat about some news in the dc area um in regards and including you you pronounced her name mila though because i said what i said malaya, malaya. malaya. We, we we both probably pronouncing it wrong oh <laughs> you said Terrible that with names. you said that the nicest way you're yeah. like we both are probably wrong um i do want to touch on that because that is something that you've already said um as we spoke before in regards to making sure you're checking within the home first. I'm just grateful that this has never been my situation because I definitely would have been behind bars if I would have ever had anything <laughs> slightly. I don't even know how I'm not in jail. That's the only thing that I'm just trying to, it's nothing but the grace of God. But I don't know how this would have ever worked for me because I know last year there were many cases where the boyfriends ended up killing the kids. Earlier this year, a guy ended up beating a baby to death i think the baby was like nine months um because she wouldn't stop crying and it's like what in you would hurt a nine-month-old baby like that's that's what happens they cry i don't know what else you um are expecting to do about that in this particular case there was a four-year-old named malia mila Um, please forgive us for pronouncing your name wrong if none of those were right but they were outside of houston and she's actually she actually was missing for a couple of days until May the 13th, which no, wait, I'm completely wrong. Hold on one second. She has been missing for I think she was missing like seven days before they found the stepfather. The stepfather, the stepfather's name is Deron Vince. He was taken into custody yesterday, which was Saturday, in regards to tampering with evidence, um, specifically a human corpse. That doesn't even sound, ooh, what would you be doing with that? Um, According to the Houston department, okay, the stepfather was actually in the home with the young woman um, and reported about her being missing. So that's already a little, to me, that would be a red flag. But I always, always would like to talk to the family members um, in regards to the lead up. That's always the interesting part to me because for me, crazy is crazy. It doesn't take three years for you to recognize crazy. Time. It just looks different in the beginning. You know, when a relationship is cute, certain stuff that the guy does or a woman does, you may just think that that's cute, but in the long run, that could be just a little bit crazy. Um, so it's always interesting to me to find out, like, how was he before all of this? There had to be some kind of sign that you may have overlooked for whatever reason. It happens to the best of us in regards to not looking at everything that, you know, someone that you're falling in love with or in love with may be doing. So they actually found a gas can in the back of his car. And other tools in the back of the car that they felt like 
was a part of some form of tampering. There was bleach in there, garbage bags in there. Um, they found him on surveillance carrying a full laundry basket from the apartment. And they're not sure exactly what was in that stuff. There's also blood evidence. Blood evidence as well. And his oh. head, he has scratches on his forehead too. So it looks like the little baby, she probably was fighting back. That's the only thing we can assume due to these scratches that it looks like it was on his head. Um, because I don't know how else they would have gotten there unless it came from the mom. Um, but Vince told police that Mila was taken by three Hispanics <laughs> in their 30s driving a 2010 blue Chevrolet cab pickup truck. Due to his injuries that he suffered during the abduction, he reportedly lost consciousness for about 24 hours, regaining it on Sunday, May the 5th. He found himself on foot in Sugarland and he walked to the Houston Methodist Sugarland Hospital for treatment and then he reported the baby missing. You have any I'm thoughts? Because I can't curse. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm silent because, you know, people don't read the last chapter of, um, you know, the criminal books and they, you know, realize that there's no perfect crime. There's always going to be um, video evidence that's going to back up or corroborate your story. If you say you was, you know, um, violently assaulted and the baby was taken and abducted, you know, every, we all on camera. We have cell phone towers. We have cellular footwear, I mean, cellular um, impressions where they can actually tell where you are. And if everything don't jive up, we're going to press you out until you give up what happened. Because what you're telling me is not ringing, it's not jiving up. And, and that, it's not making sense. That just goes into, I mean, you're right again. Because remember, I just said that he walked to the hospital. There's video footage showing that someone in that Nissan Altima dropped him off at the hospital. It, it, it never adds up. But, but so I think he was stupid from jump. And, you know, I don't I, I hate being that person that always blamed the mother because I know my daughter have not made good decisions. And I don't want nobody asking me where I'm at as if I'm OK with that because I'm never OK. But in this instance. It just don't add up. I don't, I don't, I want to know, like, I have questions. Why were you even watching her? Like, why was this girl with you? It's not your child. The two boys wasn't with him because the mother has two, uh, two other children. Um, so it's just a thousand questions in my head. I don't want to stick on this too long because the whole situation is just pissing me off. Um, she does, the mom did say that, you know, she felt like she felt her daughter, um, that she's devastated. And I, I understand all of that. Because like I said, bad relationships happen to everybody. I think there's no person excluded from being in something that you kind of knew in the end you shouldn't have been there in the first place and it happened. Um, unfortunately for most, that doesn't come up with your child being dead. It doesn't come up with your other two children being missing from your home. So there are instances where it can go to this extreme. But bad relationships happen all the time because her two sons were also removed out of the house from CPS. Well, this is a tragic case. This is probably one of the worst outcomes you could imagine. Exactly. And we have to look back at what I was telling you before about these domestic disputes and we have to educate the community more. You know, Queen Alfie Gaston is out working tirelessly to educate mm -hmm. people on domestic violence. Mm -hmm. This all stemmed from, I think, an altercation about some private things in his private life, some stuff on his cell phone, 
some homosexual activity or something that the I think the mom had peeped him out and mm-hmm. told him she was going to put him out or take the ring back or something to that effect. It got heated at that point. As we we learning, we learn from these cases, mm-hmm. not to beat the mom. Up, no, no, no. But it's other mothers can look at this and say, when there's something like this going on, you need to get this clown out your house and, and get also him out there look now. at you, and, right? And, and why you allow this to yeah. go on? Because for me, I never pass direct judgment because you never know the whole story, right? So that's why I want to get off of this part because. I don't want to come off negative towards the mother because we don't know what she was thinking. She could have been at the part where she was We're talking ended. about matters of the heart. Exactly. And it's not, obje- it's not concrete. And it's not black and white. We might deal with it differently when it's a matter of the heart. But I know one thing that we all cherish is our kids. Hello? We'll do anything. So all the matters of the heart, we can put that to the side. and We can talk about the bottom line mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. We, we potentially, we got a homicide here, and it was at the hands of someone I may have bought in the house or you bought in the house, and yep. we just can't have that. And one thing that Queen always um, speaks to Queen with um, domestic violence wears many tags during her work is when you're getting ready to go, you don't tell them you're getting ready to go. That is like the key to her speech because you never know. know how that person is going to respond with you leaving, especially if it's a domestic violence situation, um, whether it's hands, emotional, financial, spiritual, whatever that tag is with the domestic violence. You never announce to a person that you already feel may do some harm I'm, to you that you're getting ready I'm to leave. I'm glad we're talking about this as it being the root cause accounting for 30% of all missing people. I usually don't talk about domestic violence. I'm not, and it's so dangerous. Very dangerous. And and what Afi, what I learned from her, and I, and I, people will call me and disclose to me, I don't give them no advice. Mm-mm. I tell them to call the experts, call Afi, call somebody. Talk to them about it because they experts at getting you out of there. You know, mm-hmm. you tell them, girl, you ought to leave that dude, leave him. This, this, that, and that. That's a normal thing that you tell a person. Mm-hmm. But that may not be the safest Mm-mm. thing. We don't. What we say may cause a person. To harm. And my, harm. my thing always in relationships is if you're happy, I love it. I'm always worried about my friend. I don't care about the lover because they're not my friend. Like, I'm, I'm introduced to you through them. So I'm not the one that's going to bad talk the lover to that person because it ain't my business if that's the love that you want that's the love that you want to receive who am I to tell you different all I can find out is if are you happy do you feel safe do you feel like you can grow in this situation if any of those is no then we can have a further conversation because it just goes back to the whole judging things some people may not like what I like and no two people love the same So I think people have to get out of that and just make sure that your loved one is okay. Because when you come from a place of sincerity, you kind of can get more information out of that person from the whole thing. Girl, you need to leave him. He ain't beep. You know he ain't da-da-da-da. Cases like these are so sensitive Mm -hmm. and so domestic violence is so dangerous. Be careful what you say to people. A thousand percent dangerous. And 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 we see that every day. You know, sometimes with a good heart, you may be thinking you're doing something good for the person who disclosed to you, but you may be giving them some bad, some information that might get them killed. Mm -hmm. And in this case right here, see, ultimately we want families to be stable. We want to build our families up because we can reduce our missing persons cases. We can reduce the cases of, of domestic violence. We can reduce that homicide because most of our homicides now are occurring 
over a domestic dispute, mm-hmm. some testosterone between two dudes, one yep. dude, maybe two females, maybe whatever the case is, it's a it's 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 a word. You remember a long time ago, the 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 beef was over big money, mm-hmm. drug turf. Mm-hmm. Somebody owed me a kilo, and they took my kilo, and they didn't pay me. Oh, I want to show my bad. These were the things that were at stake now, but now it's over words. <laughs> also, we want to touch on things that you haven't even done yet. Two is is a lot of people and a lot of our young people are experimenting with substances, illegal mm-hmm. substances, K2, what's the other stuff that's out there loud? The, I, some the of the synthetic, stuff the mollies, the Percocet, people are taking prescription drugs now and getting high off of those. Those opioids are an issue. And our parents, their parents may be. Mm-hmm. So we got a Missing persons is a big It's a layer. Web. It's a big onion. We had the missing persons task force. We had government agencies. We had nonprofits there. And when we went around the table and we thought of practical things from our perspective, one, uh, my perspective would be practical. By the time we got around the table, we realized that it was more of a complex issue. Very. And missing persons is a, com- it's a reflection of our social condition. It is. So when you see all these pay- um, things these missing persons flyers coming down my page or MPD putting them on. All we saying is, the community is saying is we need help. And come together. And come to, and we need everybody's help to do that. Mm-hmm. And we can't exclude law enforcement. No. We can't exclude nonprofits. We can't exclude, you know, this race of people or that race of people. Everybody is going to be affected by this. Yeah, one because nobody is not affected. I mean, you have... Everyone is affected by everything. It just seems like the levels are different and the effectiveness of the affection is what's the difference. But nobody's excluded from nothing. Nobody's excluded from being poor. You're not excluded from being rich. It just depends on your circumstance. And like you said, now we live in a time where a lot of it is social and that can be the deterrent on many things. But social is such a broad word. When you start getting, you start talking about economics. Mm Mm-hmm. We got a great brother, Vince J. Detta, uh, who's out, and he's got a movement that he's ready to start to address a lot of the social and economic condition. Because I really want to reduce these cases. I want to see our girls thrive, our young men thrive. Mm-hmm. I want our families to be stable. And me just going out looking for missing people, giving people the steps to be prepared, telling them all these different things, it's helpful and it's needed. But let's let's get that young person or that adult before they decide they want to run away. Prevention That's, is key. This, and this is why I wanted the, the other uh, organizations to come in today to talk about what they do. Because mm-hmm. what they do is going to be so important in reducing those numbers. I want to see that 3,000 reports go down. Every year you want to see it go down. We're not gonna, I'm not going to do this by myself, looking for missing people and finding them. Mm-hmm. This is this is an issue that everybody's going to have to come together. Yeah, with. for sure. And especially the direct communities that's affected because somebody knows. Like, it's it's rare where you, nobody knows what you're doing. That's very, very rare. Normally, somebody can say the last place that she was at, generally, right? And then, for the most part, most people live on social media, so you're going to know where they're at anyway, to an extent. So it's just always like just speaking up. If you know that someone went missing at 3 o'clock and you talk to them at 2.45, how did they sound? 
where did they say that they were at? Did you hear anything in the background? No, no, know your loved one's parents. Yeah, just little things like that. And, and if you talk to them at 245 and nobody else hasn't seen them since three, don't you think your information is important on what you know? So even if they could have lied and told you that they went somewhere else, the information that you have could be key in that person not being ended up in somebody's trunk, the river, or anywhere else. Well, the last person... When we get a call, we know when somebody last talked to you. We know that you were alive at that point. Mm-hmm. It's, it's critical when you're establishing a timeline. Yeah. When you're doing an investigation, you have to have a timeline of events, when they went missing, who talked to them, where did they talk to them at. And then we start getting a lot of cell phone data and all that kind of stuff to go along with it. We put together a, a picture of what you did last in the last 24 hours you know when you but somebody will be like oh i don't need to report it because she she just said she was going to the girl no that's important because she could have told you she was going to the grocery store but you know the grocery store is walkable and you hear the metro in the background you see them so it's little things like that everything matters everything matters and we just gotta be able to speak up um one thing that i want to know especially with you being a washingtonian there are a lot of new critics in regards to the gentrification in D.C. Um, there was an article, which, again, goes into the social aspect of the mess and the domestic violence, the Housing. homicide. You may have 10 people living in a one-bedroom. They're mm-hmm. going to run away. Kids are running away out of that environment. Do, do you feel like um, there is a development of gentrification coming east of the river it's been going it's been in, i i just i go ahead finish asking me the whole question <laughs> i don't want to cut you off okay because m- most people okay it looks like it doesn't say who this group is i guess they're going to be anonymous but there's a group that reported to fox 5 in regards to how expensive east of the river is being they feel like bowser is a part of she's getting paid for the gentrification that's coming across the river and they also feel like um the affordable housing doesn't exist now i will give my own spill on that one thing that i realized especially doing contract work because i do a lot of contract work meaning i basically work for myself so either i have a contract or i don't and i realized with Having one child, these quote-unquote affordable housing developments necessarily don't exist. And I will say in my own experience, whether it's St. Stephen's, um, which is across the street from Dorothy Hyatt Library, the new complex that's down the street from uh, 6D, when you're talking about the amount of people, which would be two, right? Now, even with my child, you're only supposed to make a certain amount, right? So St. Stephen's is really good because a a two-bedroom is only $1,100, right? That's affordable when you think about the amount. Um, The new Hayes is is, um, reasonable, too, for a two-bedroom, right? So for me, when when you talk about affordable housing, they bring in developments that are not expensive and Buzudo is just out of control because the uh, the new complex that they built over there by the big chair a two bedroom over there is $1,600 and the apartment is small as hell I did a tour over there as well but in regards to it they'll throw you out that number of 1100 1200 right but if you make over generally it's $36,000 where you can't make over that in order to get in 
But again, if you're somebody like me that is on contract, yes, I may have a good contract now, but in three months, I may not have no contract. So if I'm coming in with a certain amount of money for this particular time and my contract is short term, why would I be disqualified from it with the job market that it is? I may not get another contract. I may have to go somewhere else where I'm where I'm losing money with, um, you know, in order to in order to subsidize my living. So to me, that's not affordable housing. Affordable housing for me means it's $1,200 and whoever gets here first, you can live in there outside of like the projects that they tear down where those people have to come back. Because we know at the Hayes, a lot of people from Lincoln Heights went over there due to the fact that them getting ready to close down Lincoln Heights. So not excluding anybody that's already on a list or anybody, anything like that. But when you take into place of your credit score having to be a certain number, a lot of these apartment complex are now doing background checks and nobody in the house can have a felony and some misdemeanors. Um, if you've been certain arrested, but yeah, for some of these apartments for certain misdemeanors. So to me, that goes back into what you said, the social aspect. So again, in this article on Fox five, they don't say who this group is. I don't even know if it is a group because I haven't seen anything reporting it because I sure would have been at the meeting. <laughs> but if it's a group, it's a group. Um, in regards to this affordable housing, what is it that you think just in all in regards to D.C. with the affordable housing? Because I don't think any working person is asking for free housing, but we are asking for a break because you do have to still work in order to afford these housing, amongst other things. Well, what I think, I think it presents an opportunity for the city and city government to be flexible and to have, um, you know, certain you know, things within the criteria that they can make adjustments on for citizens. Because you always want to meet citizens at their point of need, mm -hmm. people who need it. The homelessness is a real issue hmm. in terms of missing persons. As you know, Relisha Rudd was in the homeless shelter at mm -hmm. the time for disappearance. So this is serious. Mm -hmm. Having a place, a decent place to stay and to live is important and being able to afford it. So it's just a conversation that that's, that should be a part of the mayor's priority, I think, to to make sure that every district resident has an opportunity, you know, to to have affordable housing, mm -hmm. to have, you know, certain criteria. Like you just was explaining one, which is a good one. You might be making that money now, but later on, what do we do with that? What do we do with people? How, what, I mean, you, what, you going to go outside? Mm -hmm. You're not going to go outside. You need somewhere to go. Mm -hmm. And you, you're not trash. You're a working person. You just work by contract. Mm -hmm. um, but at any given time, any one of us could be homeless. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's good to have a heart. It's good to do. And some, they stated recently that 37% of people that are considered to be homeless in Washington, D.C., go to work every day. So that's alarming in itself. If 37% of these people that are homeless are still going to work, making a decent salary, but your credit might be messed up. You may have an old background that you didn't get expunged because these apartment complexes are not playing even more. Even the one where I'm at that's not even a new development is checking background. So you have to know now that it's like, Everything, as you said, the social umbrella, 
that onion, everything that you're pulling back that revolves into the social economic is important. We have to have free credit counseling classes so you can know what are the steps in regards to you getting a higher credit score so you can get into these places. You have to know about the DC expungement clinic so you can get whatever the past may be, get it off your background so you can get approved for apartments. Because in these days and time, those two things alone will have you shut out. I know people that work for D.C. government that get denied for apartments on an on a ongoing basis due to credit and background. Well, I think I mentioned um, a gentleman named Vince Detta who studies economics and how we can solve our own problems, how we pool our efforts and our resources. There are strategies that the community and that regular people can come up with to um, alleviate a lot of these problems and not worry so much on and depend so much on government. So I'm glad that you touched in that because I always feel like the community is the answer. We're, we're the problem and we're the solution. And when you have more and more people stepping up and it doesn't have to be on the forefront, you don't have to start a blog. You don't have to get a YouTube channel. That's not the only ways that you can um, step up. You can step up with a repost. Like with the flyers that you put up on the site, reposting that is being a part of the community. You never got to speak on it again. But if you see certain things that you feel are important and that are affecting you in your everyday life as well, then it's small things that you can do in order to be a part of that solution. When you start talking about housing and you start talking about schools and stuff like that, there has to be a serious pooling of resources hmm. amongst us. And it doesn't take much it doesn't. to make a big difference and to really get some things going. And that's that's really not my area. I'm hoping I can get Vince on so he can talk to you about that. Mm -hmm. That whole, you know, just addressing things at the root cause, getting down to the root cause having um, resources in the community, us really bringing the answers to our own community. Because we got more leaders, we got more organizations now, we got more nonprofits, we got more money in our community now, our incomes are higher now, we got more opportunities now, but yet... We still got the same the problem. Solution, I mean, the, the problems are still not pretty much the same. I think we've made some strides, but it's a, we have a long way to go, but the key is doing it together, I think. I think that's the biggest um, thing. Yeah, that's the only answer is um, getting it, getting our blank together. And it's just point. It's, it's really that simple. Showing up to a meeting, even if you're not the person that talks at the meeting, just be at the meeting so you can get the information because In you never know who you could be a soundboard to. You should be bringing that back to your household. And it's like little small things we're not doing, but then we have all of this whole ripple effect about what's going on. Two blocks from me, there is a house in Southeast that is selling for $950,000. <laughs> and I don't mean like, again, I live on Good Hope Road. And they're going to get more than that. They're going to get more for that because it's going to be a bidding war. $950,000. And the grocery store on Alabama Avenue sells old food. Really? Really? The Safeway. Terrible. I don't even go to that Safeway no more. Really? And Trayon did a whole expose about the giant at Alabama Avenue with old food there. But $950,000 for something that we can't even get good food in. But 
the houses are selling for $950,000. It's an issue. And, and all this contributes to our health, our well-being, the way we think, the way we are able to deal with our problems and think things through. If we're not eating right, we're not living right, you're going to see all these, the condition that you see me putting out on all these different um Missing persons is going missing, and it's a social issue. It is. It's a it's a huge it's a huge problem, and at the end of the day, we are all the solution. You don't have to be an advocate to be a part of the solution. You we all have family members or children in schools that are terrible. It's something small that you can do to make a change in everything. That's just the way that it works. And at some point, we're going to have to come together because it's just to me, it's just spiraling out of control. I think a lot of unnecessary stuff happens too often. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's all reactionary. I just think a lot of it is unnecessary, and we got to figure out how to just get it together. Our mindset, the way we think, and the way we respond. But something else you had brought up, you brought up um, the building the rapport between law enforcement and community. You know, that's something that's a tough issue, but it can be done. I think it can, too. You got to get um, um, the community and get law enforcement together so we see different sides. A lot of them guys are just like we are. They're not trying to plant no drugs on you. They're trying to rob you. And then you have a certain element within your police department that that's doing some things that they shouldn't be doing. But we don't want to profile them, and we don't want them profiling us. We don't want them thinking all one way about us, and we don't want to think all one way about them. I agree, too, but I think because it is so distorted, they have to take the first step. And unfortunately, in the last 15 years, our kids don't even want to be police officers. So a part of the problem for me is that these people are not even of our community. Um, especially I can't think of the police station that's on Pennsylvania Avenue on 28th Street, but when I see a lot of them cops it's leave. It's a subdivision. Yeah, it's a subdivision of 70 or 60. It's six. It's okay, probably six. Probably six. Mm-hmm. So that subdivision, a lot of them cars have Virginia tags, Maryland tags. They don't live here. So for me, that's the first issue. It should be people in the community, police in the community. Unfortunately, the youngest don't want to be cops. They don't They don't want to do it because the last 15 years there's been a distinction. So since we can't get them to be the police officers, then the officers has, have to look, they have to be humanized. You got to get off the scooters. You need to walk in your community. I know it was a time where I used to live on Galveston Place before my mom passed. The police would walk up and down Galveston Place. They knew some of the families in the communities and would talk to you. Nowadays, they ride in those scooters, Half of them are on the phone because they got the earbuds in. They're not talking to you. So they have to be humanized. That's the first step to get the kids and the families you, open to you dealing took with the them. words right out of my mouth. This is one of the things that Mitch Credo gave me a story about when he was working over Lincoln Heights. And I think he had just left homicide and he was over at work. He thought he did something wrong, something he told me. And he got over there and he engaged the community. You know, he he gave him stuff. He came out. He, they said, you the first uniform officer ever come out here and just talk to us and mm-hmm. say something. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is, you know, you develop a rapport, they begin to trust you, they exactly. know they can come to you and tell you something and you're not going to put them out there. Exactly. And yeah. that's that's the first the first thing would be our own people being the police. Well, we're not getting that right now. So hopefully the next generation would will be the change, but right now we're not getting it. So because we have all of these outside people trying to police our community, you got to get out the car. 
Like, get out the car and walk. Have a conversation. Understand people instead of judging people. And they don't do that, and they're not required well, to get I out the think, cars. I think they have a diversity training now they send them to, and they also pair officers up when they first come out with somebody who lived in the community. You know, you may have a person of another. Oh, yeah, with, so, um, on what's the name of uh, the Office of Safety Neighbor? I can't think of what they call themselves, but I know what you're talking about. Well, it needs to be more of it because I know – you can be on Good Hub Road any given day. The police officers in car inside of the car at Seven Eleven. Why not walk around like we we don't? You don't have to be the enemy. But if every time you show up, it's only when something and it's wrong. only that, look. Think about somebody in your life that only call you when you want money. You're gonna ignore those phone calls. You're gonna stop treating that person a particular way. Or it could be a loved one. It could be your children. When somebody only show up when they want something or when they're reprimanding you, your disposition is automatically going to be offensive. defensive yeah. because you are you already feel like you know why they're but, coming. But sometimes it's not even defensive. Most people become offensive. Yeah, they become they come they they're on the offensive. They are already resistant to you already, and their guards up high. And, and those calls you want to get to come in on these tips. On these violent crimes, it's not going to happen. No, but I don't solely, I'm not one of those that solely blame the police on the homicide, right? Because I just believe that the community is the solution to everything. So I'm not one of them people that just think the police are all so bad. But I do think that they have to reprove themselves. And with doing that, they have to take the first initiative in order to regain the trust and therefore, the community should respond to that trust. But unfortunately, we're not in a position where it's it's like we're against each other instead of working together. But they got to get out those cars and they have to walk down them streets and talk to people and speak. I know several police have said nothing to me when I when I walk by them. They don't even talk to you. And it's like, you're supposed to be protecting me. Like, at least say hello, you know, and then somebody can say hello back. But you go to the one at Pennsylvania Avenue and it'll be three of them. That's Seven Eleven up there, in front of the door, and probably one of them is a creep that he may say something, but the other two may not say nothing to you. And it's like you know, why even if I had a tip, why would I give it to you? So that's how people are treating this whole situation. So we just gotta figure it out from the beginning to the end. But I don't think again that the police are. The, the problem in itself. The sole problem. Yeah, yeah, they're not the sole problem, but you guys got to get out that car. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about the Relisha Rudd Day before we get out of here, which is 7 11. And coincidentally, it's going to be at a 7-Eleven, several of them throughout the city. So we're going to talk about that um, when we come back next. Again, that number is 703-560-8255. We'll be you know, right back right after this. This is my first time ever being in a, kind of like a studio. But I smile yeah. I'm making this promise to you right now I'm living my life to the fullest In honor of your memory So when you look down on me you see that we'll always be together Long as I remember
Considered. Consider this is a small organization that offers services for education advocacy, community organizing, and media. For more information, visit our website at considerthis.org. Was that a girl or a boy? You don't know. All kids are the same. They all deserve the same. Then, why only a girl child is denied of her right to education? Educate a girl. Educate the society. guys we are back i am your girl misunderstood you are tuned in to consider this radio only on webr radio fairfax and before we get out of here we have to talk about a very special day that will be happening on 7-eleven at some 7-elevens in the city especially particularly ward 8 so henderson let everybody know about the relisha rudd day um this is not the first year no this you is going to be last, the second yeah annual. you did it last year okay um, Relisha Rudd Remembrance Day um, on 7-Eleven. The, the ultimate goal on 7-Eleven is to heighten the awareness um, in terms of the um, uh, disappearance of Relisha Rudd. And Relisha Rudd went missing in 2014. I think she was last seen May 1st of 2014. And on this day, we're going to team up with law enforcement, um, radio stations, um, anybody and everybody the fire department the 
Metro Transit Authority. We'll be out passing out her flyers. We'll be airing her case on uh, mainstream media to keep her case alive, to keep people uh, talking about it, to generate tips and leads. That's another ultimate um, goal of it, is that at some point somebody may feel compelled to come forward mm-hmm. and to call law enforcement and give us that one tip that's needed to, to solve the case and to give us some um, information as to where Relisha is and what happened to her. Now, why do you think that the Relisha case is so special? Because you have a lot of organizations that are behind this. What Do you think that there's any particular area? You know why area? it's so special? Because it's really not about her. Mm. It's about the circumstances surrounding her. Mm. You had lies, you had deception, you had murder, you had drugs, you had homelessness. This is a tremendous opportunity. So many lessons are all in Relisha Rudd's case. You Mm. know, you had so many people that kind of let Relisha down. Us as the community, you know, people, I don't mean us, particularly us, literally, but the community. People saw what was going on in Relisha's Oh, no, I agree. I worked at D.C. General before she ended up getting missing, and I worked directly with Tatum. So I definitely, I'm surprised how D.C. General is not being, well, the family um, strengthened communities hasn't been sued for that because I know full hand that <laughs> the shelter definitely did a disservice um, for that family and many other families. Well, I mean, so many other, you know, areas of the city government, I think, dropped the ball, you know. But what we want to do is, my goal is, is to not um, point out what people did in a way to sue or to do this. I want to be corrective. I want us to learn from this. I Mm -hmm. want her case to never be forgotten from even when I'm gone. I want people to still remember this case and learn that this can happen to you. Mm -hmm. You're not mindful, you know. And I think it's so much of the, it's the lies and it's the deception. It was so much finger pointing. And this is a child. This is why this is so important. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a child that looked like my child. Mm -hmm. And this is why it hit home for me. Look like us. Yeah. You know? So we we owe it to religion. We owe it to every child in the District of Columbia to learn from this. Mm-hmm. This is not all just strictly about Relisha T. Rudd, but Relisha Rudd represents what we the outrage we should feel whenever one of our kids go missing. Mm-hmm. In 2014, she was the only person that was un wasn't re- recovered. So. That's why it's such a big deal. Out of the 3,000 cases, you the only last one still sitting here unresolved. Mm-hmm. And the person you was last seen with is dead. Mm-hmm. Don't that make you alarmed? What happened to her? Maybe somebody else did it and they'll do it to your child. Mm-hmm. So we got to get to the bottom of this case and we got to keep pressing the envelope until... We get some concrete answers as to what happened to Felicia. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep on as much as I can, keeping this thing in the line. Because we do things all throughout the year. We get out every day mm-hmm. and advocate for Felicia Rudd every single day. Rain shines through the snow. If it's not on social media, we're going to bring this flyer to your doorstep, which means we get out in the community and pass these out mm-hmm. at least 200 a day, mm-hmm. you know, Um to make sure that people know about religion. Because some people still don't know about religion. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a high-profile case. But I just think Relisha Rudd didn't get the exposure that she needed to get. I think that we still 
owe her. We owe her a debt that we can never repay if she lost her life. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think she's still alive, or do you think she's gone on? It's hurtful. Um, I, some days I think they're religious. Well, we got hope, and then the next day, you know, I might read something, you know, and and I, that day I might feel like she's not with us. Now I know that there was a, um, I think it was a picture two years ago, or last year. And there was a whole article about her still possibly being alive. Some people believe that it wasn't her. And then you have other people um, that believe that it was her. And um, so you go back and forth with. Is that, that's not an actual photo that they thought was her. I think it's the age progression photo. Many didn't understand that the age progression photo was done by the National Center of Missing Exploited Kids. I had nothing to do with that photo, the production of it. Oh, no, no, not took, you. Yeah, I just took, I mean, let me explain to you where it came from. Okay. You know, the mom gave me a photo of herself at that age mm-hmm. for the purpose of creating an age progression photo. Okay. And that's how we came up with this right here. That's how okay. we came up with that photo. Okay, yeah. And it's imp- oh, go ahead, the I'm article sorry. was from last year. Yeah. And, you know, she and, was but just saying. Last year, MPD officially released this on their flyer. Okay. So that's, I think that's what you may have read. Um, was that they they officially released the National Center Missing for their photo that the, that they furnished for them. They created that uh, image mm-hmm. based on what the mom looked like and what Relisha looked like when she went missing. Mm-hmm. So that's how you came up. But it's so important to have an age progression photo. Oh, out yeah, yeah, yeah. Because kids change yeah. between... Eight years old and thirteen, you—that's a big change yeah. in that time frame. So, and then like if you see um, some of the cases where I think it was like a national case a couple of years ago where the girl didn't even realize she was kidnapped, and I think she was like twenty-one, and she ended up coming back home. So, those pictures are definitely um, important, like you said, in regards to the age progression. How can the community get involved with the Relisha Rudd Day? They can. They can come right. Um, onto my social media page and they can confirm their attendance they can show up they can share our tune into our live feed at DC's Missing Voice on the day of Relisha Day you can help us promote it you don't necessarily have to be there to be a partner and to be a part of it you can be right on we so connected through social media now you can share her flyers all of her communications to keep her case alive and keep all of her support mechanisms encouraged because we're going to be encouraging people. Sometimes people wonder why I hand out little awards and thank yous to people because sometimes people feel down. They have things in their life and they need encouragement. We need Chief Newsham to understand we appreciate him for coming out in the rain that day, which we very rarely see a chief come out Mm -hmm. in the rain to pass out a a flyer of... um, a missing person. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it, it builds momentum. It keeps the case alive. That's all this is all about. It's not about a social media like or getting any credit for anything or not getting any credit. For this is about getting her case and keeping it out there. Um, I'm not the originator of the Relisha Rudd Day. I want to be real clear about that. I didn't start it. I just saw it. I got involved with it with a few of the advocates, and I knew that it was worthy to be a national event. I wanted more people all over the country to get involved. So now national um, platforms have come into play and they uh, actually promote um, the day, they promote 
all of our communication on social media for that day. If there's a news outlet like Channel 9, if they do a story, they'll promote that. They'll, the National Center of Missing and Exploited Kids came out and helped us mm -hmm. to promote it. People in California, Idaho, all over the whole country was seeing Relisha's face and sharing her photos and saying, wow, you know, the dude turned up dead. You know, the whole thing with Relisha and that's what we want. That's mm -hmm. what we wanted. We wanted more people to get involved. We wanted more people to see her photo. I want to attract new people into this, mm -hmm. you know, new, fresh blood into it, you know, um, to get involved. And that's the goal of Relisha Rudd Day is to get them tips in and to get her photo out there by any means necessary. If it's social media, if it's mainstream media, if it's Twitter, if it's whatever it is, um, I'm going to utilize it. Mm -hmm. And what upcoming projects do you have that you're um, focusing on outside of the day? Well, my main focus was I didn't bring a photo of David Stern, but I have been looking for David Stern. David Stern went missing, I think, in the latter part of November of 2000 and was it 2019, 2000, 2018, I'm sorry. And his disappearance is very, very suspicious. And I was telling you earlier, we think that something tragedy, some tragedy met uh, David Stern. I don't want to talk about, I don't want to mm -hmm. speculate over the airway what we think could have happened to him, but we just know that it's not good. It's not something pleasant. We worried about David Stern. If I had had a flyer, maybe I'd get it to you later to help us promote it. Mm -hmm. But he's missing, and, and we asking anybody with any information on his whereabouts to call into uh, MPD's 50411 number if you want to go anonymous. You can dial right into the missing persons um, office at 202-576-6768. You can talk to an investigator, or they can inbox us the information. You can... Send a letter over it. But if you know something about the whereabouts of David Stern, who is a Caucasian male, he was a graduate, uh, an accountant from the University of Maryland. He mm. been missing in the latter part of November in 2018. And his fiance, he was scheduled to get married. And okay, I think I know which one he's talking about. So um, we've had quite a few um, hints about, on it. Mm, yeah. But I was speaking more about um, people who we we, we recover deceased. Mm. I know you know about Marty McMillan. Mm -hmm. We went on a dating website, and we found him just across the Maryland line. I want to say this, too. Every missing person you see can be another Relisha Rudd. Mm -hmm. It could be my aunt. It could be another case if we don't take it serious. So I just ask the community to get involved, to partner with people like yourself, get involved with missing persons, get involved with organizations who are out here working to to locate um, missing loved ones. We have a lot of unmarked graves in D.C. We got a oh, lot yeah. of people out there that never was reported missing. That's true, too. That's a whole nother topic. NAMIS, maybe the next time I come on, I'll talk to you about NAMIS, mm -hmm. which is very important for families to know. If my family had a new about NAMIS or knew about DNA and all that kind of stuff. My aunt would have been located long time ago, mm -hmm. she, but they didn't know, I mean, you know. And I just really started getting involved with that about two years ago. And it's a scary um, situation to put yourself into in regards to the education of something because you never want to hope that it would be your family member, but at the end of the day, you just never know. So I think you just always got to be prepared and be ready. 
You have I'm one thing I want to go back to. You was talking about the snitching code. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny to me that when it's us, when it's me, I'm begging the community. I'm not talking about no street code. I'm not talking because it's real. The struggle for justice is real. It cuts. It rip your soul out. If something happened to your daughter, I'm bringing it home. Mm-hmm. Something happened to my daughter. Mm-hmm. And these same people who live by that code are the same ones when it happened to them. They're on TV. They're at, so it's really ludicrous mm-hmm. for us to continue that on. And we see it every day. You know, um, living by <laughs> Especially that Especially with the homicide. You'll see it all the time. But, you got so many people with those ring cameras. They don't want to turn the cameras over because they don't want to feel like somebody's going to know if, you know, if the shooting was taking place in front of their house and you got a glimpse of somebody. It's ridiculous because when it's you, you're going to be begging and crying for somebody to help you. And then, and the thing about help is, the important thing to remember about help is you never know when you're going to need it. Say it again. You never <laughs> know when you're going to need it. That could be financially. That could just be an ear. That could be homicide. That could be rape. It, you never know. It, it goes beyond need. I told um, Derek Ward the way my family felt. If I took a knife out right now and I came over there and cut you and just ripped you all the way down to the white meat, down to the bone, and I never let it heal, never gave you no concrete answers, never stepped forward to help you or do anything. And you got that wound sitting open. I mean, you in some tremendous, it goes beyond, I don't need help. This is hmm. hurtful. This is hmm. people are hurting, they're suffering, and they need help. They need for you to come forward if you got information. Um, find a way to get it to them detectives because they work at night and day to solve these crimes. And, to so- and, and the community got the answers. You know, investigative work is hard work. Because you're trying to acquire information that you don't know. No. You're trying to get it by different means, through interviews, through your written data, through, you know, somebody's statement, through a tip. Some kind of way you're still trying to gather uh, information to solve whatever case you work on. And that's a tough business, so we really need people to come forward. The only thing I can tell you is I can be accountable for myself. Mm-hmm. If somebody comes to me with some information that's, that's, you know, could bring put them in some kind of spotlight, you ne- you'll never hear me repeat their name mm-hmm. and put their name out there. And that's all it's about is just self-accountability. Like, you just don't know. You have a lot of good people dying by accident these days. And especially when you think about the homicide. You have a lot of people that were shot and it had nothing to do with them. It's no accident. No. It's people who are out here with firearms discharging them recklessly mm-hmm. out in the public. And they, they totally, they make a conscious decision to do that. It's yeah. not like the gun yeah. went off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They I know definitely what you, made I know the what con- you meant. They I, definitely made the I, conscious I, decision. I was pointing out to the viewers. Yeah, yeah. And, and it ain't no such thing as being in the wrong place the wrong thing. You can, you can walk down the street wherever you want to walk and shouldn't nobody touch you yep. or shoot you. Your kids should be able to get on the bus and come home. I it's somebody's bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Somebody decided that day. That that's what they were going to do. You know, that gun, a lot of the young guys think that gun is power because they got a gun. You know, it's not. Mm-mm. It's not. You're taking somebody's life. You, you're causing another family to be indoctrinated into the club I'm in, the homicide club. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not, I'm, it's, it's my aunt suffered until the day she died. She had cancer. She never knew, never found out where Aileen was, mm. what happened to her. And the worrying and the stress sped, sped up 
her condition mm -hmm. to a point where my family said, we don't, we got to put this to the side. We're not even going to talk about this no more. They told me don't call us no more about it because it's just too painful. Mm -hmm. I mean, the level of pain that our people who are missing loved ones experience is not knowing not knowing what you've used your door, like you don't know what shit, you don't know if mm -hmm. she's cold, you don't know if she didn't ate, whether somebody's. Trust me. It's painful. And it's, it, it, it you, you, you're out here looking in, in every trash can, you're looking in the woods, you think they maybe, you literally almost lose your mind. You definitely do. <laughs> From my own experience, you definitely do. Because the last thing you want is for your child to be hurt especially on something that possibly could have been avoided. You know what I'm saying? So you definitely don't want that. That was, I don't wish that on nobody. I want to work with you some more to bring other organizations on here so we can reach out to our young people to prevent the runaway condition. I want more oh, people yeah. to come on to educate families on domestic violence so yeah. we can bring this number down. Yeah, And definitely. that's how you do it. Definitely, definitely. You definitely got to um, have that open line of communication and you got to remove the judgment. Like, just remove the judgment and just lend your help a hand wherever you can because you never know what people are going through. You never know how people are suffering, and you never know what can take somebody else off the edge. So just be just be that sounding board, and that's the only thing that you can do. Like, being a part of the community does not have to cost you money. A lot of people just want to hug. Some people just want to talk. Like, it's really simple. It's not, it's not as extensive as most people think. So we just got to come together and um, figure that out. Give everybody your social media information again. Well, they can find me on social media. If you just Google DC's with an, um, um, what is that, apostrophe, DC's Missing Voice, and I got a direct link right there that you can send me an email. I usually respond pretty fast. You know, within 24 hours, I usually respond. Um, and... You know, all, all we mainly want the community to know we're here for them and that there's so many people out here working. That's the good thing about it. We have a lot to mm -hmm. celebrate because there's so many organizations mm -hmm. out here who are working for Relisha Rudd, for, you know, other missing people. You got the Aware Foundation, who's another great partner of ours. You got um, um, so many other groups. Mm -hmm. I, I, I could go down the whole list of people out here who work in um, you know, uh, over 600,000 people go missing every every year. So this is a big problem, and we need everybody's help. Well, thank you so much for your work within the missing community. It's definitely highly appreciated. Um, oh, he really was joning on me about me not responding to my, my Facebook. Oh. <laughs> so he put me on blast. Go ahead, put the stuff in. Um, but we're getting ready to get out of here. Don't you guys go anywhere. Enjoy your Mother's Day. Have a safe week. And as usual, do something for someone else outside of yourself this week. I am Misunderstood, and I will catch you guys next Sunday.